Good evening, you are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Joining me tonight is our regular panelist, my PC Games End colleague, Fraser Brown. Fraser, welcome to the show. Hello. And we also welcome, I think, for the second time to uh, Three Moves Ahead, uh, Mode 7's Ian Hardingham. Hi, Robin Fraser. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Frozen Cortex, uh, which... And already I begin to stumble over it because easy description begins to fail me at this point. Uh, Once Upon a Time, Frozen Cortex was sort of a future sci-fi robot football type game, or at least that's how it seemed initially, and it was called Frozen End Zone. Uh, But in a controversial decision, it was renamed Frozen Cortex, and its rules uh, evolved to be quite a bit different than a traditional North American football, and it's become just a very tactical future blood sport, I would say. Uh, so we'll begin unpacking what Frozen Cortex is uh, over the course of this conversation. But um, you know, you know, before we, uh, you know, before before we dive in, I think I will have Fraser tell us a little bit about how the game works and uh, what what he what he thought of it. Okay, so if any of you listening have played Frozen Synapse, the kind of core concept quite similar, um, where it's all about the planning phase. So you've got uh, two teams of five handsome robots, all playing a sort of American football analogue, and you create plays for them just by dragging out waypoints across the map and around uh, little obstacles, little walls that dot around the pitch. And then you can... kind of extend timers on them so they'll stand still for a little while or or maybe run after a certain point and then you just kind of press play and see how it plays out but the uh the trick is to anticipate what your opponent's going to do because you don't see them take their turns so it all plays out and it's all a bit of a surprise sometimes uh a lot of the times for me to be honest i'm not very good <laughs> yeah i think uh I think it's deceptively similar to to football in some ways because uh you know you know having just having just attended my first uh my first uh, uh Six Nations rugby uh experience uh lately <laughs> with uh Chris King in Stockholm and you uh I I see I see Frozen Cortex as actually being very reminiscent both of, of both of football and rugby a, a little bit in, in that um you know, there, there's no real pauses to play in, in this. It's it's very much a uh, you always have to be keep, you always have to be moving forward. Uh, every play has to be advancing the ball. Uh, you can you can pass uh, you know almost laterally, but still has to be in a forward direction. And the same rule uh, goes for running. And if there's a turnover, uh, which happens if a pass is picked off, or if one of your uh, if the ball carrier uh, basically gets tackled by another player, uh, the player makes the tackle, uh, takes control of the ball, and the offense the play continues with the offense heading the other way. Uh, so it, it's all it's all very it's all very seamless and it is it is very similar to frozen synapse in in terms of the uh the wego structure uh but but i find there's actually a few interesting twists to the way turns are structured in frozen cortex i i think one of the things i enjoyed the most is that frozen cortex turns are not a fixed length uh they can be interrupted uh basically by anything interesting happening uh so if someone throws the ball and it's caught that pauses the play and everyone gets a chance to give new orders uh if there's a turnover play halts new orders come in uh 
what doesn't what doesn't bring the play to an end is uh, a running play. Um, eventually, a turn the, the turn timer runs out, uh, but, it, but it's actually pretty generous. And a running play never breaks the flow of the play, so the turn will play out completely. And so it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic where it's actually the running plays that have the the greatest potential to be truly explosive. Because if you see something the other guy didn't, and you find a lane. Uh, that that the other guy isn't protecting, uh, you can basically run you know half the length of the field in one go uh, with with a cleverly designed play, uh, which I find very cool. Uh, right. So yeah, um, going back to that sort of genesis of the idea you're talking about football and rugby, there are really like two halves of where frozen cortex came from. So in terms of the aesthetic and how I wanted it to feel to play. It was very much based on the feelings that I had from being an American football fan. Uh, and I wanted to feel like it's very cool future sport, but had all of the things I liked from watching this league. Um, basically just trying to capture that atmosphere and then combine it with something which I know is is both a popular video game thing and also hasn't been serviced enough recently, like the future sport thing. It's kind of a legendary aspect of games. And there seems to be like one a decade, which is really, really respected. And from a gameplay point of view, it really didn't come from trying to make a game like football or anything else. It was actually more that I had got a certain distance with Frozen Synapse to my ideal game, my ideal competitive game that I would like to play all of the time. Uh, and I just wanted to go even further. So there was a lot of detail work in Frozen Synapse that I wanted to get rid of. And there wasn't enough of the mano o mano trying to predict exactly what your opponent's going to do and it being like such a game based on calls and that was where the gameplay itself came from so when we changed the name and tried to move it a bit away from football that was a response because people weren't just getting the feeling of these leagues that i was looking for they were too closely tying it to american football and and it was in my opinion it was sort of too much of a, a worry about whether if you knew anything about football you'd like the game or not so that's kind of where the name change came from yeah, so let's. Um, there's actually a lot to talk about there. Uh, let's go back a little bit to to the to the origins because it interests me to he- like. It interests me to hear you say that you you felt like you'd gotten sort of halfway to where you wanted to be with uh, with with Frozen Synapse, and what it, what it, what interests me about that is it, it's such a radical shift in some ways. Frozen Synapse is very much a. Um, it, it is very much a tactical combat game. It is, it is basically the mission planner from uh, from, from games like Rainbow Six uh, turned into a turn-based uh, combat squad combat game. Um, and you know, while the structure is similar to Frozen Cortex in a lot of ways, uh, thematically, it's this really radical shift in in how how it all works. Uh, Frozen Synapse is very much a zero-sum kind of combat game. If you screw up and people die, uh, they don't remain on the board as players anymore. Uh, you know, whereas Frozen Cort- Frozen Cortex uh, is very much structured as a game, and while players can be neutralized temporarily, uh, they always come back into the play. Uh, so, so I'm so I'm interested just that, uh, in you know, you you'd had this breakthrough hit with this with the squad tactics game and uh then opted to shift all the way over into um all the way into into sports right i mean i think it's kind of a 
a sort of a standard thing to see from a lot of recent indie successes, actually. What we as developers see as having sort of done and not done and succeeded in and not succeeded in is actually quite different to how people who are playing the game feel. So for me, it was like Frozen Synapse is a really big success and I kind of executed that really well and I had no desire to make a sequel like uh, I put everything I possibly could into Frozen Synapse and for me Frozen Cortex was quite a similar game to be doing I felt that I wanted it to be very thematically different and you know you talk about the Rainbow Six planning mode that that's just a happy accident that everyone relates Frozen Synapse to that so much because that was never in my mind uh, Frozen Synapse was based around my experience of playing Laser Squad Nemesis and being very frustrated with Laser Squad Nemesis, I found it had incredible potential, but it was it took so long to play, and so often I'd be making the same decisions or boring decisions. So that's really where that came from, and I combined that with a desire to do um, turn-based version of Counter Strikes uh, mechanics. Basically, those are the two primary ingredients. And then while I was working on Frozen Synapse, I played a bit of Chaos League, which is the game that Cyanide did before they uh, they got the Blood Bowl license, and that had a simultaneous turn-based mode. And I really enjoyed that as well. And, it, and something that was really intoxicating about that was how unusual it is to play a turn-based sports game, and how it really forces you as a designer to go down different routes. So those kind of things, that's what kind of want, made me want to do that, along with this idea that, uh, that there weren't enough future sports out there, and that when it's done right, it can be like a big deal. It's interesting that you say that uh, what kind of inspired you with Frozen Synapse that you're sick of all these kind of having to make all these boring kind of meaningless choices. Um, Because when I think of Frozen Cortex, I think basically every kind of play is important. Every every kind of inch that you move has meaning. Um, And because these kind of plays are so short. Right, and and that just comes out of how I I mean I I've, I'm borderline OCD like ADHD. I, I I if I get bored once while playing a game, I will immediately stop doing it and go for a walk or something. For a game to be enjoyable for me to play, it has to have such an incredibly high degree of meaningfulness. Every single thing I do, I just find it painful to be doing something where there is something compromising me doing something that's that's meaningful basically so i'm glad that comes across to you guys as well because that's like pretty much the primary motivation behind both those games and yet there is something i i find there's something else there's almost something dangerous about the the way both these games are, are constructed uh because if i get really serious about playing them well uh, like, I really want to win this match. Like, my life depends on it. These are very easy games, both this and Frozen Synapse. Very easy games to drive yourself absolutely mad uh, playing. <laughs> because there are so many... Because the game will always let you run the simulation of the next turn. And so you can run as many scenarios as you can envision again and again, trying to find the optimal play. And a lot of times you will be rewarded if you do that. You'll be rewarded for lavishing tons of time uh, in finding the in finding just the right play, the one that maximizes your odds of success and uh, leaves the least a chance to for what the other guy can do. Um, but the process of getting there 
is very much something that I can see, because I've been on both sides of this. Uh, there are times I'm really into it and really enjoying the whole, like, eh, what if he moves this guy a few steps this way and I run this way? What's going to happen? And I run the scenario and I tweak routes. That can be really fun. But then there are also times where the uh, analysis paralysis begins to drive me absolutely insane. And, I'm just, and I just find myself thinking, like, man, you know what's great? How in Madden you can just pick a play and it just runs and then it's <laughs> taken out of your hands right you need a time limit almost well i think that's good for um i know what you mean but actually sort of again it just comes from my own personal things that i like in games because i get bored so quickly and then i just suddenly say okay i'm bored now i'm gonna do whatever the last thing that sounded good to me was and that's like a perfectly valid tactic in these games because you know after you get to a good standard you're pretty much saying okay if my opponent understands the board like i do uh, it's pretty much, is he going to go for more points? Is he going to assume that I'm going to move? You know, that kind of thing. It's really about making a call on what your opponent's going to do. So at some point, yeah, you just have to switch it off and just say, hell, I'm doing this. It's, it's, I think it's kind of difficult sometimes to predict that, especially kind of in its early, you know, the early stage of its life. I mean, obviously it was early access before, but then, you know, when it went live, a massive influx of new players. And, and in my experience, there were so many erratic plays that I just, I never saw coming because people were kind of testing the boundaries of the game and seeing what they could do and maybe not always kind of understanding what the smart move would be right you brought up poker in in your review and that's a perfect sort of analogy to poker because you cannot play poker well against other people who don't know how to play poker all of the sort of the real poker metagame comes from everyone at the table really having a good understanding of that you should represent aces that kind of thing um so i think that's right as well yeah when you're playing against someone truly new that the kind of things that they're going to do means that your very strong analysis can sometimes be completely off base now with frozen synapse we had a the same problem with that and uh, we introduced a level system which very quickly let you see how experienced your opponent was and that was super important because you need to do different things based on whether your opponent's level one and this is his first couple of games or if he's played a load like that's that's almost two different games and you've got a ranking system in in frozen cortex and uh, and also there's the how many games they've won or lost i suppose so you can kind of gauge how experienced or knowledgeable the uh, the opponent is yeah, that's right. It's so funny from from our perspective because the multiplayer aspect of Frozen Synapse was such a huge deal when we were making that game and we released that game. I really wanted to have it be very easy for you to get games straight away, for it to be very low pressure. I, I always wanted it to be as low pressure as jumping into a server on Counter-Strike, you know, how that's something that you can just go and do and you don't have to organize the game beforehand. And so much work and effort was put into all of those things, like having a leveling system, ranking systems, uh, seeing what your opponent's doing. Is he online? Is he offline? Is he in a different game? And then those are all just as important Frozen Cortex, but we haven't really touched any of those features for years because we pretty much got it right with with synapse um and that's that's really weird as well so it's we almost kind of take it for granted now and i think people who played synapse do as well but those are still a really big part of the experience of playing the game i want to talk a little bit about sport uh as a matter of fact because it you know uh sports themselves are surprisingly divisive particularly among uh among game folk and the sort of people who uh play games like this i i know i know a shocking number of game developers who are sports junkies particularly baseball um (laughs) but 
you know, one of the reasons I actually, uh, and I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this, one of the reasons I ended up uh, reviewing the game for IGN is that uh, Dan Stapleton had initially marked himself down for this because he absolutely adored Frozen Synapse. Um, And Dan loves tactical squad games uh, pretty much more than any human being I know. Uh, this This is a guy who, you know, has thousands and thousands of hours in various forms of XCOM. Um, and he started playing, playing Frozen Cortex and immediately, you know, grabbed me on IM and was like, yeah, I don't think I can review this game. Like, it's way too, it's way too sporty for me. Like, <laughs> right. I can't stand it. And that actually was really interesting to me because when I play it, I'm like, this, this isn't sports. Like, it, it sort of is, but it, it's really not a sports game. It really is much more of a tactics game uh, with a maybe more sporting structure. Yeah, I, that's interesting really been to me, the hardest, reaction. right? And that's been probably the hardest thing for us over the last three years is the gradual realization that whatever we do, we have alienated a really large number of people by going with sport. Um, a couple of things that we did towards the end of development: um, we have some really crazy-looking hollow armor, and we have more gamey aspects outside of the matches. And the the commentators and your opponent coaches and stuff those push it a little bit more into game territory and a little bit away from sports but i just had to come to terms with the fact that even though i sort of i like the game myself better than synapse i think it's like a really nice evolution of it that there are just a huge number of people who won't who won't give it the time of day and i guess i'm just glad that he uh, he got you to review it rather than rather than just uh, reviewed it with uh, with that sort of bias i guess isn't that utterly bizarre though because when you think, I mean, sports are incredibly popular, and I think that the the idea of this kind of gamer as this geek or nerd who never played sports and was scared of jocks is completely fictitious. Um, so I don't really understand why, you know, when a, when a sports-type game gets announced that people kind of take issue with it and there's always a little bit of snark. And I, I personally sometimes do that. When I have to write a news post about FIFA, I confess that sometimes I'll take the piss a little bit, mostly out of ignorance because I haven't played FIFA in, God, years, and I don't really like football. Um but it's strange that that kind of created that sort of reaction when you've got games like FIFA, Madden, uh, Football Manager, they're so massive and popular. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, it was something that we that I didn't really expect. You know, the vision in my mind of the game was sort of much more, you know, it, it was all sort of about the, the futureness of it and this this crazy sort of cyberpunk sport in the future, the kind of thing that I would read in a book and and wouldn't particularly associate with the the things about real life sport that a lot of people don't like um but again it that's just not how it is and it kind of made us examine really closely how people examine the concepts of games and what they respond to really early on in games and we spent some time like again with the rebrand trying to get it away from any sort of real modern real life sport and move it sort of a bit more fancy and stuff but sooner or later it, it kind of pushed us to make um the game that we had the best game that we could um basically because i i kind of feel like i went on a journey which started with me being almost relieved when when i was playing it back when it's still uh early access and realizing it's not that sporty like you don't need to know anything about american football or indeed any sport to be able to appreciate it um 
and then I kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, I wish it was a little bit more sporty. <laughs> I want, I, as, as much as I like how it's kind of minimalist and focused purely in these kind of uh, short tactical plays, um, I kind of would like the idea of having pageantry and big roaring crowds and maybe a, a kind of locker room drama. Obviously, there's the, the kind of uh, corruption storyline, um, which gives it that little bit of uh, kind of sporty flavour. Um, but I would, I would have loved much more than that, and I didn't think that I would feel that way when I first started playing. Well, both you guys um, in your reviews talked about uh, a disappointment at the sort of the the thinness of the single player, and that it wasn't more like a sports management game. I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, I mean, I've two two things. The first is that we've really taken that on board, and we're we're planning a pretty big update that will add a. Uh, sort of a text sim kind of manager front end to it because I think that's actually not not only you guys but but what a lot of our fans are saying as well. Um, the reason why we weren't in that more in that direction to start with is again is again my my tastes. Like uh, I'm a big roguelike fan, and when I play a game, I really like playing something that's get as far as you can and permadeathy that kind of thing. So we have the knockout mode, which is really focused and um, that kind of thing. But but again, it's it, once we realized that it, we were shifting towards sports fans who were going to play this game, I realized, again, that all of those guys really, really like this management aspect as well. So you have to start catering to them. So it's such a, it's such a journey when you make a game for three years. And in this climate, you're, you're not done when it's released either. It's, uh, it's a bit crazy. I want to ask you a little bit about the influence of like football. On, on this game because I mean originally the game was going to be frozen end zone originally you know you looked at screenshots and you're seeing like receivers running routes and it was very easy to look at and it's like okay it's robots playing football on a field that is sort of ra- like randomly generated it has little barriers and, and choke points but it's 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 basically going to be like arena football or something like that uh, in a turn based form and you make the plays on the fly uh, that was kind of my first read on it um, and I I don't know how much the game changed over time but but i but i'm a little curious just that at that starting phase when when you're when you're sort of sketching this game out uh, and haven't really started work on it like uh, what did what what did you want to take away from football what did what did you want to bring across from real world sports and what did you want to add with frozen cortex so just talking about sort of mechanics and base gameplay which i which i think is what what you're asking about the very originally when i when i was drawing up an initial design document on the plane back from uh, penny arcade expo in 2011 it was very much more um like turn-based football it was kind of like okay i really like the rules of football and uh we've got some really good structure in frozen synapse and what would happen if you sort of pushed those two things together uh, on top of that the like i said chaos leagues simultaneous turn-based mode being the other major factor and that's uh, very football-like. Um, it's it's sort of like a simultaneous turn-based version of Blood Bowl. Um, so it was starting off being very literally in that direction. But I knew I wanted random-generated terrain. So that was the very first thing that was on the design document. It's like Frozen Synapse slash American Football slash um, Chaos League. Gotta have random-generated terrain. And then the prototyping the whole game mode took sort of a year and a half of really, really hard work to get everything 
sort of as it is now you know it, it took an, a huge amount of iteration to get everything as lean in my opinion as good as it is now and we started off and there were a defensive line and a defensive line and that was one of the first things to go because ordering those guys around wasn't very interesting um it was initially planned that you'd have longer plays before the turn breaks and you might have you might give units orders that they might react to something that's going on um, and those things just sort of slowly slowly shed away and it was really about finding this one mechanic that standing still is powerful and moving is dangerous that's what the game is based around in the same way that frozen science is based around counter strikes uh, engagement mechanics as long as I'm standing still, I control the region around me, no matter what's going on, no matter how strong the other guy is. And as soon as I move, I lose the ability to block, I lose the ability to intercept. And once I found that core mechanic, then everything started flowing much more smoothly out of it. I was able to cut away all of the extraneous stuff that had come from my preconceptions about what it was going to be like and just na sort of nail down to something a bit simpler. Yeah, I think... Um... But as a former lineman, boy, I'm a little bit crushed that you that you <laughs> cut them out because they weren't I'm sorry to hear interesting. That. <laughs> but I can totally see it. I don't know. I, I yeah, I can see that being a bit a bit crap to uh to, to design plays for those guys, uh, in, in a game like that. Um, although there's such nuance in line play, uh, it's a <laughs> right. it's a terribly overlooked uh, part of the sport. Um, but yeah, I think one of, one of the things that I find most uh interesting and in, devilish in this game is, is sort of the uh the dynamics of, of movement and how um movement and controlling space like like you said and a lot of a lot of my time playing is just about trying to find like that one place where i can get a guy in a position just a split second before the other guy stop movement and uh you know throw a block uh, just, just you know, just a se split second before uh, he's able to get past, and that 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 tension between mobility and the advantages of sort of standing still uh, are are is is probably the uh, the most interesting thing about the game for me, and probably the biggest difference I would say from like uh, from football in, in a lot of ways. Because when I first started playing this game, I definitely looked at it as more a design the sweetest pass routes you possibly can and try to win that way. Uh, it was very much a, like, I was sort of treating it like a, uh, you know, arcade football game almost, but where you're the coach. And uh, obviously, so much of it is actually about knowing when not to move and uh, knowing how to control the field with the minimum amount of effort. Right, uh, exactly. I mean, it's so hard when you spend so long designing a game and it's got so many different things going into it it's difficult to say like x y or z is exactly what i wanted you know what i wanted changed over time what i wanted was a game that i was able to play hungover in a way that i wasn't able to play frozen synapse hungover that didn't reward spending 25 minutes on a turn in the same way that you could be rewarded in frozen synapse by that um and sort of building on every other aspect of it i mean again if if one inch matters then every decision you make is going to be meaningful and it's something that i think uh uh, Alec Mir talked about when he very first um, previewed the game on RPS is that every single little thing you do can make a difference. So I think that that's probably the, the thing that I cared about most. I mean, when I see my friends playing the game and other people's playing the game, 
everyone takes away something different. Like I have a friend called Joe and all he wants to do is pretend it's like football and, and liken every single thing he's doing to something that he likes in football. And there are lots of guys who who try and map out exactly how it relates to FS and how, how it doesn't. So, I mean, it, it is all about the movement and I'm glad that people people see that. It's funny though that with it, every kind of millimetre and millisecond being so important, I find that the most exciting parts are those long, tense runs uh, where it just seems like you're, you're, you're not going to make it. There's no way that this gap's going to remain. Um, and then, like when you've basically, you're using up the full turn to get to the end zone. I think that is, that for me is, is always going to be the high point. Um, I, don't, I don't yet have the achievement where I've won just through runs yet. Right. But, um, I, I very much would like to, because often I will just take a risk and try and, and, and just run all the way to the end zone, even though I know it's probably not going to happen, because I just enjoy seeing that scene play out. Um, it's just, it's, it, it's very dramatic. Oh, is there, is there a better feeling than, um, like having your runner following like a lead blocker? And you aren't sure the block is going to actually go down. It sort of depends on what the other guy's going to do. And you see your guy stop. And the other guy moves into range, and you see the monster block go down, and you're like, "There we go, home free, baby." It's it's just it's it's always such a good feeling, and I, like it does a well designed running play makes me feel like such a master at this game. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, it's probably one of the best ways to sort of um, crush newbies uh, in, yeah. in Frozen Cortex because they're like, Definitely. "It's a passing game, it's a passing game," and you're like, "No, actually, you you can completely control the game uh, if you if, if you run the ball." Um, yeah, I think it is the more advanced of the two. Yeah, the uh, getting all the blockers in positioning, and it, it feels like so much more of a gamble because when the run fails, you've definitely got turned over. It's it's so much easier to sort of wimp out and do a short pass and sort of die slowly by having the defense take away your options. It's uh, somehow that feels a lot safer than than just choosing a running play where you know it's going to end in most likely failure straight away. Because when you get the the, the uh, possession taken from you, it kind of becomes this this little scrap off, and especially if 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 the other uh, robots have kind of moved in close, where you're like, can I get there before he throws it or makes a run? And it's sort of, everyone kind of just homes in on this one spot. Um, it's it's very messy, um, and it definitely it it makes me feel crestfallen if I if I've tried to run and that happens because then something so elegant becomes something right. so messy. <laughs> um, it, it was interesting hearing you guys talk about um, what we call the outcomes when you see the uh, the 3D sort of fancy camera stuff while you're seeing what's happened. That was quite a... It went through a long, a long gestation period as well. It's something that I always wanted to do after Frozen Synapse um, to have a really, really awesome 3D version of what just happened. It just seemed like a natural thing to do. It took us so long to get them to be short enough and snappy enough and to work well enough that people initially kind of didn't like them when we first released the beta. And then it we eventually managed to get there where I think people, the vast majority of people really do like them. But that's like um, that was one of the primary things on our chalkboard of what Cortex needed to have that Synapse didn't have. It kind of uh, reminded me of of sports movies, which I, I have to confess, I generally enjoy more than sports. Um, <laughs> it's all these kind of, uh, you know, slight more extreme angles and the slow motion. Everything, everything kind of seems like the, you know, this intense kind of battle. And, it, you know, every run is like, this is the winning run and this is the winning play. 
Um, and it does just feel like so many kind of sports films. Uh, so I, I, I can I can't really imagine the game without those scenes. Um, right. I, I, I think it was definitely a, a good idea to put them in. Well, it's something because me and uh, my the other half of Mode Seven, Paul, who's been on the podcast before, we we talk about how long it took to make the game and how sort of relatively expensive it was to get those. You know, we we think we we really got a, a pretty good looking game, but unlike FS, we felt that with it having such a sort of a simple hardcore rule set, it really needed to have a lot of um, a lot of that good looking stuff on it. You know, we we talked about whether it would have been possible to do it as a as a top down cartoony kind of game, and I mean, I, I guess I think it would. But I, you know, you you guys talk about the pageantry and everything, and that really was a huge part of my initial sort of vision for the aesthetics of the game. It's something that we don't have in there, and it's disappointing. But one of my biggest things that is that at the end of every week in the season mode, I wanted to have this highlights package from all of the other games in the league, uh, and it's something that I'm going to investigate later on, but. One of the things I love about the NFL is how it's just this gigantic soap and everything that happened in every one of the 16 games is really important. It's not just about what happened with your team. And and that's an example of the kind of thing that I really wanted to to, to pump up. And that's why we have the the, the co- your opponent coaches being such, such characters um, because we want to make the whole thing feel like this cohesive narrative that's moving forwards. Uh, and that was what one of the things that led to us going sort of over, so over the top in, in production values, really. I'm not sure if it was uh, kind of planned or just a happy coincidence or maybe just something that happens with me. But um, watching those those kind of cutscenes uh, or the, the kind of where everything plays out, um, it makes it easier for me to remember the the, the plays that I've made. Um, <laughs> it's like I, it kind of creates like a snapshot. In, in my brain where I kind of try and think of a play and then I kind of I see the the uh, the cutscene play out um, it's just I think it's you know more visual I guess um, mm. and and it, it and I kind of create a playbook out of that basically um, it's it's more like that than seeing say say a whiteboard smeared with marker pens and stuff like that you know in the locker room where the the coach is doodling the plays yeah, I, I see it more like I guess a film. Um, and it's actually it has helped me improve uh, immensely, <laughs> but maybe that is just oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I actually um, I like the cinematic camera, uh, but I actually find myself watching the replays uh, from the from the wide angle view a lot yeah. more because the cinematic angle usually cuts out. Uh, the parts of the plays that I'm proudest of, actually, it's it's, <laughs> it's rarely the running route uh, that that was the important part. It was all the other players' maneuvers on that turn, uh, and so usually I'm like, I, I'm kind of curious, like, did that did that block out of range? Did that actually happen, or did the guy just blow the blow the route completely? Uh, and so I'm kind of waiting until after the cinematic cam to sort of catch what really happened and uh, discover whether I was a genius or whether the guy was just kind of playing like crap. Um, right, that's a that's a good example of um of of the compromises that everything you add to a game has because yeah that that is one of the problems it's it's great to have that really dramatic exciting sort of three D camera but you also desperately want to know as quickly as possible exactly what happened like just like with Frozen Synapse sometimes you have to replay the previous turn from the planning view you know five times before you can really get what actually happened and that's just something that we we spent a long time working on you know, originally we wanted to try and show 
all of that action with the the 3D replays as well, uh, and that was too long, and it was like people would always want to see the detailed stuff from the planning view. Um, so all of this stuff was pretty uh, pretty nightmarous to get to get through. Really, one of the things that I find uh, one of the coolest tensions in this game is uh, between going all in on offense and hedging your bets and allowing for the probability that you will end up on defense uh, at some point. You know what I mean? Like there is this, th there's often this, this feeling where I can either, and, I, and this exists on both sides of the ball. If I'm on defense, how confident am I that I'm about to get the ball? How much do I actually want to set up my uh, offense uh, for once I have the ball and I'm running the other way uh, up the field uh, versus on offense? Like, do I want to get everyone running downfield and like taking blocking positions and get as many people down toward the uh, end zone as possible? Or do I basically need to keep a few people back, you know, as I guess, you know, safeties in waiting uh, for just in case uh, things don't go well, which often they don't, they, they, they don't go perfectly. Uh, but, but it's interesting because a lot of times by committing more to the play, uh, you do probably improve your odds a, a little bit uh, of having some success and uh, sort of sort of breaking it open. But if you're wrong, if you're wrong and things sort of blow up in your face, and you've sort of gone all in, uh, there's often no there's often no coming back from that. And it's such a short game that you know one you know one blown score uh, is probably going to be the difference. And so I, I love that. I, I love that tension between like, okay, commit, either commit to what you're doing or kind of half asset and try to win it on the, uh, the pitched battle over possession. Right. It's, it's interesting you bring that up because that, that whole element is pretty important to the whole, the whole for the game, actually. Um, the original game mode that I produced, and it's kind of the second game mode in Frozen Cortex, is called Duplicate. And it has basically, you you play on offense, and then as soon as there's a turnover or you score, your opponent plays the exact same play on offense, and then the game is over. So it doesn't have any of the back and forth. Uh, it doesn't have any of that stuff you're talking about. And that's it's still my favorite version of the game, but what it really lacks is the unknown. When you talk about how many people you're sending back to be safeties in waiting you're talking about something that that really is too too complicated to predict you know in both frozen science and especially frozen cortex you can predict a huge amount of what's going to happen if you sort of think hard enough and you spend long enough trying it's so important i think in even such a sort of a, a hardcore pared down game as that to have some stuff that it's it's more stylistic you can be rob zachney i like going all in and someone else can say can always have more people back and that's just a stylistic choice it's almost like your your version of um of deployment in Necromunda or something you know it's 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 something personal and it's not just based on on what's happened that makes it i kind of feel um very different from when you say you're planning a in real sport when you've got these kind of leagues and these big championship teams and they all know each other the coaches all know each other there is this kind of like psychology almost where you're kind of trying to understand your opponent long before the match but with with the game you've you're faced with an anonymous opponent 
uh, you don't know anything about them, they could literally do anything. Um, I wonder if the game feels very different if you're playing in a sort of league with friends and that's who you're always playing with, people you know, and maybe it's easier to anticipate. It feels more like a, a, a kind of proper sports league, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, when we play in the office, uh, I play against Bin the most. He's the guy who helps me uh, prototype the games. And I always know, like what he's more likely to do in a situation i know that he runs in certain situations when there's when there's a choice between going for more points or going for something safer i know what he's going to do in that situation and that is really nice because then it's kind of a personal relationship because he knows you know that is he doing something different is he tired today if he's tired today he's more likely to go with what he he normally does so yeah i think you know as with everything it is nicest when you're playing with someone you know do you uh, do you try and psych him out absolutely i like i'll we'll be in the office and i'll say oh yeah i went left you know or oh th there's nothing there's nothing i can do is there when there's definitely something i can do that's my favorite one see i i really wanted to do that when playing online but everybody <laughs> was actually really really nice and friendly right. and if i did something that was quite cool and surprising they were full of compliments and i'm like i can't be mean to this random stranger <laughs> they're so lovely um, so yeah, maybe it's easier to do that when you know the person. <laughs> We've been so lucky with our with our online community. I, I don't I don't really know why, but. We've never had any trolling problems uh, in the game, and everyone always talks about how it's a nice experience. So we're just super lucky with that. So thanks to everyone for being uh, polite. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm actually very surprised. It's all of my online experience with the game has been overwhelmingly positive. And even if like um, I think I had one game where the guy obviously had to leave, and since it's you know play by email, it's not not a huge problem. But when we started back the next day, I got an apology. And I'm like, you don't need to apologize for something that the game anticipates. Um, so yeah, it's quite uh, kind of a lot of gentleman-like sports going on there. <laughs> I will say, I, I've had it now happen a couple times, and I think you have it as well, Fraser. Um, the glorious moments where people forget what end zone they're trying to run to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my favorite. I have not done it yet. <laughs> Uh, but I've been the beneficiary of it a couple times, uh, where like there's just I like I commit, um, like like basically I I've I've seized control of the ball for a while and I, I'm sort of driving north to the defensive uh, touchdown zone, the defensive end zone uh, for the people who start on defense basically, and uh, I I turn the ball over but I've been on I've been on uh, offense for I've been sort of like on the attack for so long that I think the person just forgets that they're not actually <laughs> supposed to be playing defense or playing offense. And so like they get the ball and then they're like, ah, yeah. And then they like, like just run this like massive, like running play everyone's throwing blocks as they run backwards up the field <laughs> uh, to the end zone and wait there. Uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that does happen. It, what happened a lot more and was a lot worse is is we really had a problem with people playing as the wrong team. Um, so we had to go way over the top. If you if you select uh, a member of the opponent team before you select one of yours, it gives you like a massive message box saying, are you controlling the wrong team? It's almost like our version of Thunderbirds and kind of be annoying. Did you forget to attach your attachment to the email thing? It, it was really a problem. Yeah, it actually, um, it almost happened to me running to the wrong end zone. And I was like, why are they not defending better? I really, I was like in my head just mocking this person. Like, oh, I'm so much better at this game than they are. And then I I can realize before I actually got to the end zone, 
um, because I was uh, going to try and pass the ball. And that's when I realised I saw the little um, the little discoloration on the other side um, of the throw line. I was like, oh shit, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> um, I did not win that game. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I bet the, the person watching me do that was having a, a great laugh at my expense. One of the things, like go, going back to the theme of uh, wishing it were a bit more of a, a traditional sports game, I guess, or had a little more of the sports trappings, you know, I think um, it, it's interesting to me because in, in a lot of ways I vastly prefer this to um, a, a game like Blood Bowl because I find Blood Bowl is such a, um, such a game about risk management and risk mitigation that I find it just an incredibly cloying game to play. Uh, it is, so every time you want to do something cool, the game is like, yeah, it's going to blow up in your face. You, you shouldn't even try that. Don't, don't do that. Uh, instead, just like, why don't you just underhand this ball and lob it like five feet to this guy? And he has a 60% chance of actually catching it. Uh, and I, I like that in this game, a lot of these things are, are, a lot of these things are automatic, but playing it, I did, I did find like, you know, I, I was thinking just how much fun it would have been, uh, because in the, in the single season mode, you are able to get some pretty good players with nice stats, and they fill special roles. And uh, it was it was just a little bit disappointing to have the season just sort of end, and the, the game sort of kicks you back to the start configuration. And uh, it, it it just you know it's it's interesting because I I think there is so much fun to be had there with um with sports management, but at the same time, uh, I understand like that's not really what this game is. This is a tactics game with sort of sports trappings. Uh, and, and so I was sort of surprised how strongly I, I, I found myself wishing for, um, you know, sort of, sort of the, the league management stuff that Blood Bowl has. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I just basically agree. Um, you know what it's like during development. You have a lot of things that, that get cut and get delayed and stuff. And you, with the way that we make games, we make the multiplayer first and then we make the single player. And there's is yeah. always that, that kind of really crazy, you know, you aim for the sky and then sort of various different things happen and, and things don't work and et cetera. And I, I mean, again, I think we were sort of disappointed that... Um, that we got some negative feedback on that, but it's it's completely fair, and like I say, it's sort of inspiring us to yeah. sort of do something really big in that direction. Um, I mean, uh, you know, our original yeah, it, it's 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 so difficult with that kind of thing. Um, is is all I can say, but I well, I appreciate the feedback. I, I think my. It leaves me wondering, though, is this one of those things where maybe gamers don't know necessarily what's good for the game? Uh, be, because it's very—it's it's all very easy for me to sit there and, and be like, why isn't this more like Madden? Where's my franchise <laughs> mode? Uh, but then I look at the game, and it's like, yeah, well, the, the game's really about these simple relationships uh, between, like, it, it's not very stats-driven. Like, there, there are little different stats make a difference, uh, but but fundamentally, it's, it's, it's about these these core dynamics about blocking and catch radii and uh, block radii and that sort of thing. Um, and, and yet, you know, every, everyone's saying like, man, if only this, if only this, th this, this tactical sports game uh, basically had an entire Madden happening along, alongside it, boy, that'd be, that would be something. <laughs> uh, and and I, I just like, you know, I made, I made the criticism, uh, you know, cause it was, it was my reaction, but you know, in the cold light of day, I'm like, Boy, am I just am I just projecting like crazy on this game? And maybe that would have been the most uh, mission creep of mission creeps. 
Well, I mean, I, I don't know about that. The interesting thing is that with Frozen Synapse, which had a, had a really successful uh, single player, uh, we didn't have any idea until pretty late on what that was going to be like either. And it ended up being a pretty traditional series of linear series of missions. And that turned out to suit the game perfectly. And, and less crazy people than ourselves might have realized that earlier on. You know, we went down a lot of very strange avenues with that. I think you've got to have uh, a single player structure um and again like the thing that i like playing most in frozen cortex is the, is the knockout mode uh, it's got everything that i was i was looking for um but you know apart from anything else the reason that we put in those leagues was to cater to that kind of thing it just turned out that we didn't have enough stuff anywhere near enough stuff in there you know like you, you've got the the nicely fleshed out gambling stuff and you've got the player market but uh it's just you know just having a couple of those things uh, wasn't enough so while I kind of, the thing that I think sort of people don't get in inverted commas the most is it's probably knockout mode rather than anything else. They just find that a bit of a, a bit of a strange thing sometimes. Uh, I, I think it's completely fair to have that reaction to the league modes. Um, it's, yeah, that's pretty much what I think. I find it unusual that um, so many people I've, I've, I've spoken to about the game and also from uh, other reviews as well, People seem to pick a different mode and say it's the main mode. <laughs> right. I've seen it a lot. I've seen people saying it's all actually all about the multiplayer and the single player is just, you know, is this kind of you know, the sugar on top. Um, and then you get people that are like, no, it, it's definitely the knockout mode. It's the permadeath mode. That's where the real challenge is. And then some say it's the league mode because it's not as stressful as the knockout mode. And then you don't need to play with anyone else like the multiplayer. That's the focus. So it seems everyone's kind of just picked their own core mode, um, I guess, depending on their play style. But do you have what... You you know, a, a mode that you see as the main one. I know you said that your favourites knockout. Um, well, I mean, between have... I mean, no, you, between multiplayer and knockout and the leagues. I mean, I've we just I just want to make a, a big game where all of those things are important. Like I right. always want to make games like the games from the golden age of the late nineties, where you'd have something massively innovative and new that had a really really good single player and a really good multiplayer, and that's pretty ambitious and. Uh, and, and tough to do so it i i the thing that um worries me most is when people characterize it as a multiplayer game um because mm -hmm. i i kind of think that it's it's a really good multiplayer game but that's sort of not how i view it and also um that's not you know there are we've always said more than 50 percent of our prospective audience will never play multiplayer and will never want to play multiplayer that so, bears out even with games like synapse and cortex uh, I mean, yeah, I, I would definitely say so. I mean, obviously, it's a bit early days with Cortex, but with with Synapse, I mean, I think it's, I think the that we got some people to play multiplayer who might have thought that they would never play multiplayer. But um, yeah, I, I would say that more than fifty percent of people have never have never have never created an account, for instance. That's something that we can track and just play the single player. Do you think people characterize Cortex as a multiplayer game because um, when it, it first came out in Early Access, um, it was just the, the multiplayer mode that existed, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, and that is a totally fine reaction, but that was the same was true with Frozen Synapse, and I don't, I don't think we have that perception with Frozen Synapse, although it's so hard sitting where I do to really know what a person who hasn't really played your game views it mm. as. Because I think that early access games, when, when, you know, when they launch on early access, these days it is treated by a lot of people as launch. It's like, here's the game, here's what it does. It might not be finished, but 
you know, this is most of it. And that's how a lot of people approach it, even though each game is, is a, unique, a unique case. Um, but so I guess that they do judge the game and then it kind of gets a reputation. So if it's only got multiplayer at the beginning, I can, can understand why people would say it's a multiplayer game because that's just kind of lingering, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of thing, to be honest, as the uh, as the American Football Association, the, the Sports Ball Association, which is the negative term people who yeah. don't like sports use for it. Um, <laughs> it's really about, you know, humans want to jump to a conclusion as soon as they can. And that's just a, an absolute truism. So you're, so you're right. If someone if someone plays it in early access and sees that, then, uh, then they're going to think that. The only reason I would sort of generally disagree with you is I think that your your it's probably only people who actually buy it in early access who are going to have that strong an opinion. Right. Um, I think that the vast majority of your of, of, our, of our sort of customer possible customer base are going to basically nowadays ignore what happens in early access. Uh, there, there are no standards for what's normal in early access. I was going to say you have an extended time in early access, but that's meaningless. Uh, like God, God knows what that means. Uh, so I, I guess I'm more curious. Um, for you, is early access more a an extended uh, beta about like publishing and sta- like uh, polishing and stabilizing and, and sort of um, doing doing final fit and finish, or were there besides the title thing, uh, were were there any sort of major areas that you had to fundamentally reconsider what you were doing uh, once you saw it operating in the wild? It's for us. It is mostly a uh, a, a polishing getting. Bit forcing ourselves to get builds out earlier and getting smaller feedback that we can respond to and a huge amount of testing. Um, so I don't think there was anything that, apart from this sort of this sports, real life sports issue that we had to respond to, because the game to play was quite similar to the game you play now in multiplayer. Uh, that, that, that I haven't really done much, need, needed to do much design work on the actual in-game stuff for sort of over a year. So I think the answer to that is probably no. There wasn't much that we had to respond to that was really big. Did you, and did you always plan on having um, the the stats for the players? Like obviously, in the season, you start off with like everyone is a little bit negative and everyone is the same. Uh, but then you can buy more, and in multiplayer, you can kind of craft your own team. Was that always on the cards? Yes, it was, um, but mainly because of a, of a reaction to Frozen Synapse. Uh, I'm, I'm a real purist as a designer, and I really like everything pared down. And, and my favorite sub-mode of Cortex is uh, one that has base stats for all of the players. Um, but we knew from frozen synapse that that not only do people really want to have stats that you can that you can upgrade etc etc um but that it closes off so many design avenues when you don't have them there's no chance that we can make a a really cool progression of a sports game for goodness sake if you cannot change the stats of the players like that's just closing off like just the vast majority of things that people do when they're playing a campaign, you know, so it, I knew it was need, needed to be done, and, and it was always always thought about that, and it and it kind of made me think about the ways it could have been done with FS, even though FS is really nice as kind of like having those well defined chess units. Because I I do think I prefer um, when it is just base stats uh, in in a game like this, where it is it because then it is simply two minds colliding rather than right. worrying about the makeup of your team. Um, and, it's and, less and to I, think about, certainly. 
Yeah, and you can just focus on, on the moves that you're making. I mean, it does create kind of interesting conundrums and puzzles within the game when you're having to also uh, deal with the fact that this other team has much better stats than you and can block better or stronger. Um, but I, I, I do like having it just kind of scaled down and it's just all about the movement and the positioning. Um, yeah, and I, and I, it's, it's so amazing because quite a lot of things on this game have surprised me as of things that I've sort of quite strongly held that actually the people who have reviewed the game and played the game actually agree with. Um, stuff like that. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. If, if I want to, if I am sort of that, that in that hungover state and I just want to play Frozen Cortex, I want to load up a game with no stats because it's less to think about and it's, uh, it's just a little bit, bit purer. But again, I don't think you can have a really nice big single player experience without having those different things. You've got to have some value of stuff to, to sort of go up and go down with. I suppose there's also always alternatives. You can just, you know, say you can start up a match with someone and just have teams that are, you know, kind of base stats zero for everything. Um, if you and want it does to. produce a nice a nicely differentiated game if you have like um a very interception heavy team versus a very blocking heavy team like that actually produces mm. a really different type of match i think that the thing that i like most is when all of the units on each team are the same so my team and your team have different stats but the units are the same so i don't have to spend too long worrying about whether this guy is faster than this guy if you know what i mean I suppose it also creates that sort of economy as well within the single player where you're trying to, uh, you know, win to get money so you can make, you know, field a better team and uh, and also maybe inspires some shady betting. Um, I confess yeah, exactly. that very quickly I bet against myself. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the first match. I didn't, I didn't fix the match. I was still trying to win, but I was like, I oh, don't yeah. think I'm going to win, so it'll be like a little bonus. That. <laughs> That only worked the first week before uh, the the betting line figured out I was crap. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed um, working on that betting system. I, I really enjoy following uh, sports betting as a concept and seeing how all these things worked. And it's quite a, it's sort of I think it's a, an unusually kind of um, a realistic version with the kind of bets that you have available and the kind of calculation that goes into it. I just think it's a really really fun aspect of sports that quite a lot of people just completely ignore. Um. Quick question. Um, where did the sweet, sweet soundtrack come from? Right. That's uh, my business partner, Paul. He does all of the music and the sound for our games. And he's uh, he's a legend. Um, people absolutely love uh, the Sign Up soundtrack and this one. And um, it's actually a huge part of our games, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say I don't remember Synapse's music too well. It's been a while. I just I don't I don't have a distinct memory of it. But uh, I was surprised how much I was really enjoying the, uh, the 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 music in in Frozen Cortex. And particularly it's 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 it strikes an interesting balance between sort of like, you know, sort of being thoughtful and uh, laid back. But there is a little bit of. Um, there's there's very high energy to it that I think matches the theme of the game very well and it's just it's it's a very cool soundtrack I I loved it quite a bit. Well, I'll, I'll tell him you said so. He'll get annoyed with me if I say anything at all about it apart from it's really great and he made it. If I try and analyze <laughs> it on any level, he'll tell me off at the pub later. So I'll just I'll pass that along. Yeah. Going back to actually just just one thing, what you were talking about with uh, Stats Fraser, um, it, mm. it's funny because in, in one of the original drafts of my review, I actually brought up uh, my own feelings about like stats being a little weird because they kind of 
jeopardized your understanding of how things worked in the game because suddenly predictable interaction was no longer predictable. Uh, and you wouldn't, you'd, you know what I mean? You'd have to run the turn uh, to see how it would play out because suddenly you just couldn't look at it and know what one guy was capable of over another. And uh, I ended up um, getting over that uh, in part because I, I sort of liked how it was playing out in the wild and figuring out that, like, oh, my God, that guy has, like, this really fast receiver, and if he gets open, I'm dead, so I've got to really cover that guy. Uh, and then, of course, the other reason I got rid of it was, uh, it you know, it was contradictory with my wish that it were a <laughs> more of a sports sim. <laughs> and I was like, well, we can't have, we can't have that obvious... Uh, so the, the obvious self-contradiction uh, in this article. Uh, the reviewer must must be uh, constant as, as God. Uh, so sort of, sort I just of edited think, that right out. I, I think this is a great conversation to have. I, I mean, I have to say, um, I hope this doesn't make me sound too arrogant, but I don't think many other games get people to discuss whether you should or shouldn't have stats in games. And it's something that I've always had a problem with they so often confuse the issue and make a new player they they, they find it hard to penetrate exactly what's going on they're so often negative in some negative in some way and you're you know you talked about having got over it and i think that that perfectly mirrors what the kind of compromise it is it's slightly harder for people to get into with the stats if there were no stats, the game would be a little bit too simplistic, I think, and would get boring, and, and does get boring, you know, because we play without stats for a very long time on the game. And if I was playing sort of four or five matches in a row, I was it was much better then to have stats to enter some sort of um, differentiation. But it just feels like sort of normal strategy games and XCOM-style games, people would never even question whether you'd have stats in, you know, XCOM or something. Do you think it, um, the, the issue is that whenever you can think of a reason not to have stats, you can think of another one why it would be a great idea to have them? Because <laughs> yeah. while we've been having this conversation, I've just been thinking over all these different reasons. I'm like, I can't really make my mind up, to be honest. Because um, you, you can even say that by having uh, by looking at the stats of, of your opponent, you can almost maybe predict how they're going to act if they're going to play to each of their robot's strengths. <laughs> right. Um, so there, it, you could argue that it is sometimes easier to predict how something will play out because you've got the stats there um, if they know how to, to use their team uh, to their advantage. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's a bit all over the place, really. I don't know whether I want them or not now. <laughs> There's a related issue to this, which is that for a very, very long time, Frozen Synapse had no fog of war. And I, I was sort of very clear that I didn't want to have any fog of war, that the game was better when you knew where people were to start with and you were just predicting where people were going to go in that turn. Mm. And I changed it because so many of the pre-beta testers told me that they, that they desperately wanted it, that it was what was missing from the game. And when I tried it, it was really good and they were right. But no one has suggested that Frozen Cortex should have fog of war. And it's just, it's amazing how much the, th the theme of the game informs what people expect from the mechanics. Huh. Like, not a single person has said, this game should have Fog of War. See, that, that to me would be a bonkers suggestion, yeah, but actually, <laughs> but there's no reason why. Um, you know, yeah. there's no fucking war in robot football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's, it's funny, because of, of course you don't have, you know... In a in a in a SWAT situation, you don't know where everyone is, so there would be fog. And in sport, you generally can see everyone. But you know, there are 
there are obstacles in this game that you you probably wouldn't be able to see over and that kind of stuff and again like it's the fact there was no question that you would have fog of war already put you puts you down a design path before you've even kind of put sort of code to paper it would be interesting to see these sort like if if it was all about kind of line of sight um because there are like the um the way the maps are generated there's a lot of like ambush points i guess um little nooks and crannies for robots to hide in and then go for a tackle um and i kind of if, if you didn't have line of sight they would be entirely invisible so it seems it kind of feels like the map is actually built around that idea even though you decided very early on or didn't even have to think that you would put that in um because i could see how it would work maybe i'll um, do it for halloween or something <laughs> yes. yeah no maybe like the an, moment an you said it, thing. i started thinking about like yeah what if you didn't know like what happened <laughs> once the guy's receiver went behind the wall that'd be interesting right. like oh my god it, it's it's an interesting thought experiment it would be an interesting mode i don't know if it'd be a good game uh but <laughs> yeah. i'm curious what would happen if you if you sort of toss that into the mix um but yeah, I've definitely had games that turn into um, very space hulky, actually, because sometimes you have like these little mazes because the way the walls are generated. Sometimes you end up with like these little crossroads that are just wide enough for one player, and I just had like both teams just end up funneling down into these uh, <laughs> these little like T intersections where everyone <laughs> just starts smashing into each other trying to rip the ball <laughs> away, and uh, the clock is just running out. Um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely it's it's interesting how much the game will change based on uh, the 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 map that gets thrown out there, right? Like there are games that are clearly about sort of blocking key intersections and sort of just you know controlling the lanes, and then there's other ones that are much more open where it's kind of just about sort of sort of outthinking the other guy or getting to getting him to uh, zig when he should have zagged and, and just sort of forcing him into into giving you an opening uh, it's, it's interesting how the game will will change based on the map layout yeah i mean again having a randomly generated layout is is so core to for me for, for what makes the game exciting to replay when you're playing so contract bridge the card game is is sort of one of my favorite games of all time and something that has really informed a lot of my design on both of these games one of the most exciting things that leads you to play more is that the most exciting part of the game is when you pick up your new hand. And it struck me when designing Frozen Synapse that that was something that was really tragically missing from multiplayer computer games. It's so often the beginning of a tactical or a strategy game, which is the most boring. It's ages until anything really emerges and you're just doing the same thing on the same maps over and over and over again. So it was super important to me that something meaningful could happen right at the start of a match that was like bang really really new that you would need to react to i find them rob you mentioned the the very big open maps i find them incredibly intimidating um i think after after having kind of i think the first time i came across a very open one was after i had a series, quite a few matches where it was very maze like and so you can, can you can make more predictions you could see kind of like natural paths almost um and then just having this wide open space where anything can happen it was i i must have taken like two hours to do that match because uh, i kept tweaking everything because you know anything can really happen yeah uh i i've gone i i've sort of fallen down that well myself a few times and that's why i generally now keep a few 
uh, keep a few games open at once because I find it yes. much more enjoyable to sort of approach it like a, um, uh, you know, a bit like craps table in a casino where don't make one <laughs> bet. Don't, don't, don't just, don't, don't just hit, don't stake everything on one bet. Make, make four or five bets. Um, and then, you know, one of them's going to turn out to be a winner. Uh, you got <laughs> five times the fun and, and you're less invested in any one bet. Uh, and that's kind of the way I've started playing the game is like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, I should probably, I should probably workshop this next play a little more than I am, but, uh, I like the way this feels. Seems right. <laughs> You can pulls out. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, a lot of times it works out pretty well for me. The 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 big gap, the 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 mental gap I've discovered with myself in, in this game is that I forget that someone can just pass to the end zone. The play that always the play that always burns me is I just ignore the open passing lane to the end zone because the end zone's empty. Like I've got everyone covered. Like you know nobody's going to get open right unless they run to the end zone where they can score and sit there <laughs> waiting for the ball. Uh, and I just miss that play all the time, uh, which is which is infuriating. Is there anything more horrific though when that happens and then the it stops with the ball midair, but you don't oh. have anyone that can get? Oh, to that's it. that's every time when you when you make that mistake. <laughs> yeah, you you basically it's it, it, it's it's you're dead man walking. Yeah, you, you just you you just hit prime and then see it play out because there's just nothing you can do. It's tragic. Yeah, it's somebody. Uh, sort of walk away from a game for like two days while they were about to sort of administer the coup de gras. And I can sort of like loading it up and like seeing if there's anything I could do and just kind of wishing they would just take their next turn and just like release me from this hell. So yeah, I think uh so that about does it for frozen frozen cortex. Um which I still have trouble calling frozen cortex. I still I either call it frozen synapse or frozen end zone. And I did that both. Uh, I did both of those in my reviews uh, early drafts. Um, right. But I, I think I finally got it in my head now. The, the game is cortex. It's frozen cortex. Uh, so that about does it. Um, in uh, what, like, what's your, what are your plans for developing the game from here? Do you have any sort of like timeline for for new features, uh, new stuff you want to add? Uh, what's what, what's 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 on the agenda, and you know, what's a rough outline of when when we can expect it? Right, I don't want to go too Peter Molyneux, so I'm not going to sort of officially announce anything or, or guarantee anything. Um, but as I said to you earlier, we're we're developing the text sim side of the game. Um, we have quite a lot of features that got cut later on that we're putting back in. So we have uh, league-wide votes um, that feel a bit like uh, Alpha Centauri's uh, voting system, where you've got the other teams will vote on various measures like changing the rules of the game or nominating the uh, the the national team who'll play like a special match, stuff like that. Um, having a salary cap and uh, money and having all of the AI versus AI games, um, rather than simulated, actually fully played by the AI uh, and having that sort of feed into the whole game. So we're, we're doing a pretty hefty uh, management style update that we're hoping to have out in beta in, uh, in a couple of months, that kind of thing. So that's what's next. We've, we've, I think we've fixed, we've put out a patch pretty much every other day since the game was released trying to fix little issues. And I think we're pretty good on the game right now. So um, that's not something that we did with Synapse. We didn't have like a big content update uh, shortly after release. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Cool. As we, as we sort of uh, put this topic to bed, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Fraser, I've, I've explained my 
uh, greatest weakness as a coach. I'm curious to hear <laughs> what is yours. What's 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 the thing that you constantly screw up in Frozen Cortex? Um, it's as I said at the start. It's always trying to make those big stupid runs because I just find them so dramatic and fun. <laughs> and I will, I will think to myself, it, I can see how I can win this game by passing. And if I run, I probably won't win. And I will still go for the run because they're awesome. So that's my weakness. I'm a terrible coach. It's my weakness. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Good to know. We should uh, we should start a league soon. Uh, all right, that'll do it for Frozen Cortex. Ian, thank you so much for making time with us while you're uh, busy at GDC. And uh, I believe we owe a debt to uh, Ludwig Keatsman uh, for actually getting you on the show, correct? Oh, uh, yes, that's right. He, le- he lent me his snowball, uh, which is really cool. Uh, I picked that up from him yesterday. And uh, yeah, so a big thanks to him. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, so glad you could join us, and uh, we've really been enjoying the game, and you can read my review on IGN and Fraser's on uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, and uh, Frozen Cortex is available on Steam for, uh, I believe it is $20? Let me look uh, I think that's with the launch discount, which is finished now, so I think it's twenty four ninety nine. Whoa. Oof, and boy, something else in pounds. <laughs> Yes, seventeen pounds or something. Uh, and does it know. do the uh, frozen synapse thing where you get two copies? Yes, it does. You get a free copy to give to your brother or your dad or your friend with every one you buy. Excellent. So you will have people to play with. Exactly. All right. Well, that'll do it for Frozen Cortex, and we'll be back next week with something else. Uh, until then, this has been Three Moves Ahead. Good night.